Hi, welcome to As We Live, a podcast aimed at connecting you to the living God. Hi, I'm Lyle Martin. I'm here with John Zimmerman and Steve Stutzman. And today we are talking about relationships in stress. And so as we look at relationships and stress, something that I've walked through in my marriage and up just recently, it's something that we have, uh, we walked through some things even last year that was uh, very stressful to me, seemed very overwhelming. And it really affected the way that I um, connected with my wife and with my children. And so I'm just kind of opening up here um, for John and Steve to kind of give some insight for those who may be walking through this. Uh, hi, I'm Steve Stutzman. I'm just looking at the whole idea that right now there are a lot of people who are stressed out by situations and circumstances in their life because of everything else that's going on. And it puts relationships, even normal relationships that on a normal time would be okay, under a lot of stress and causes people to probably say and do things that they wouldn't do normally. Got some input on that, John? Well, I, I too, um, yeah, I'm, I'm John Zimmerman. Good to be with you all. Um, and it is a very real topic at this time that we find ourselves in. And it is interesting to look at the different ways that things come at us and the responses um, that we find ourselves in. And sometimes we respond in ways that we're not sure why and thing and we say things that we don't really want to say. Um, and there can be a tendency to be hard on ourselves in those situations. And so we just want to take a little bit of time here and just talk about it, um, look at it from some different angles, and hopefully be a, a blessing to those of you that are going through uh, times right now where you're trying to figure out what's going on and why and, and all of those things. And, and so we, um, yeah, talk a little bit here and see where this goes. Lyle, tell us a little bit more. You started out there talking about some time in your life in the last year where you uh, ended up in a place with a lot of stress and it kind of caused you to snap at people around you. Talk about that a little bit. Well, with that, a lot of it came from a lot of business stress and stuff that we were going through. And I guess through it, for the most part, it seemed like I knew a lot of the answers to, you know, you look at... Well, is God going to provide? Yeah, I know that. Is God good? Yeah, is he the provider? Is he the truth? Is he whatever? And it's easy for me to look at all that, and I knew all that stuff, but yet some some reason the idea that maybe he might not provide this time seemed more overwhelming than what the truth was. And so, yeah, I really, I really struggled walking through that there. And so whenever I would talk to others about it, you know, it would be easy for them to say, well, what is the truth? What Could you focus on the truth? Well, yeah, I can. I know that. I know what the truth is. But some reason it seemed like there was a disconnect on how I knew how to apply that or truly believe that. I don't know. I mean, do you have any input on how to walk through with someone that was going through something like that? Well, it seems to me like a lot of what is going on comes down to communication. And it kind of depends on what is being communicated to a person. When when somebody's under stress, like in your case, you're you're the man, you're the provider in that house, and you are feeling like I'm I'm being squeezed here. 
um, that that some of the things that I would have said to your wife or to your children, if they would have come and complained to me, I would have told them that there's three things that you need to communicate to Lyle. There's three things you have to communicate to him. You have to communicate to him that he's accepted no matter what. And you have to under you have to communicate to him that you understand. And you have to communicate to him that you care about what he's going through. And if he can have those three things communicated to him, it will allow the inside of him to calm down so that he can actually function as a normal person. There's fear that rises up in in stress. Fear is the big enemy. And so when there's stress going on, there's fear that rises up. What if, what if God doesn't come through? What if I can't provide? What if my wife and children say that I'm no good because I'm not a provider? What if my community says I'm no good? What if, what if, what if? And if you can take the what ifs out, you can calm down and actually walk through things in a rational, functional way. That was some of the, I think, the hard things for, for me to walk through is because I felt like at that time, um, everything that I kind of visioned as a man was really getting um, attacked at that time. Like the, For me, the business seemed like it wasn't going where it should have. Things were starting to crumble, and it didn't feel like I had any control of it. Then if there's wounds back there in your life from even from when you were young, if there are wounds back there, you know, that, that you're not going to be able to do this or you don't quite have what it takes or you're never going to amount to anything or anything like that, then a moment like that of stress hits that wound, hits that scab, and, and the blood and pus kind of flies everywhere, and that's where eruptions come from. So in some ways, the stressful situations are our friends because they show us where wounds are that haven't really been completely healed in a, in a right way because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, most of what we actually fear is not all that legitimate. So then walking through that, as soon as the business was sold, it was out from under my control, it seemed like that stress just melted away. And then I was just kind of left with a question. Do I still need to do something? I don't feel it anymore. Is that normal? What happens if I'm pl- applied back under stress again? Will all that just come back again? I think those are good questions to ask ourselves when we go through these uh, situations. Um, because I think in the reflection of what we see about our reactions, we can s- tell a lot about ourselves and one of the analogies that we think of still is when when life happens and it's kind of like we're we're a cup or we're holding a cup and and when life bumps us what comes out of the cup is what is inside and I think it's good to pay attention and recognize that one of the analogies that kind of came to my mind um, as we were talking about some of this thing earlier on is as far as stressors go is if we're being chased by something that wants to destroy us, like say a grizzly bear or something like that, there's a huge stress in our life that is very real and it's, and we need to get away from it to survive. And when that stressor leaves, there is 
a huge relief. And so there is the reality of stressors that are coming that we have that are out of our control, that when they go, there is a sense of relief. But I think it, it is always good to, to look back on that time and see if there was an irrational uh, response, uh, because I think that can tell us a lot about ourselves and, and show us some of those wounds that Steve was talking about that aren't completely healed yet. And it's always a time of, you know, Satan means it for evil, but God can use it for good. And so we, we have to kind of, I think it's good to see that balance in what life, when life happens, because it, it's going to. So, so let me ask you a question, Lyle. In the middle of that situation, what did you want? The thing I wanted most was to fully trust God, and I couldn't figure out how. Okay? Because over and over I would say to Carla, I wish I could just be at a place where I just woke up to today and I just knew everything was going to be taken care of. I just knew it, and I knew God was going to provide. That's I longed for that. Well, you know, I, I told somebody here just a little bit ago on a phone conversation that I am much less impressed. If I look back over the last 35 years of my life, I am much less impressed with my right decisions than I am with my wrong ones that God changed. And somehow or another, that, that you know, as we live... We're doing a podcast about as we live, that as we live, the situations in our life serve to teach us that if if you surrender, you know, the Bible says, commit your way to the Lord, he'll direct your path. So if you surrender this thing to him and lay it down, he's going to direct it. It may not come out the way that you thought it should, and it may take you a whole different direction than anything you ever planned. But he is going to direct it. That's an absolute. You know, Paul said, um, I know whom I believe it. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. Which brings up a good question. What did you commit? If you committed everything, then he's able to keep everything. Because we, we um, as human beings, we tend to define. I, I asked you a little bit ago what you wanted. And you said you wanted to trust. We tend to define what we want by what we do not have. In other words, if you ask somebody, do you want food just after they had a steak dinner? They're going to say, no, I don't want food. You know, I can ask a room full of people, what do you want? And nobody in the room will say oxygen unless I put them all six inches under the water then nothing else matters. So we define what we want by what we don't have. And so in that case, you're looking at some, probably a series of things that you don't have. You don't have an assurance about how this is going to come out. You don't have that rock-solid trust in God. But the reality is that the next time you go through that kind of a stressor, you're not going to go down near as far because you've been through that valley and came out the other side, and you say, I know. I know he's going to bring me out the other side. I have been there and done that, and he's going to bring me out the other side. I think the the hardest part about walking through that for me was I actually seen how I was hurting my kids because they just wanted to have a good relationship, and they'd come talk to me, and it just seemed like, well, when you're under stress, you're short-tempered or, or not. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to word it. But 
um, you're going to sometimes snap quicker than what you really want to. And I think the hardest thing was I was kept looking at, especially Patrick, you know, he's 12, almost 13, and, and at the age where I feel like we really need to be connecting. And I was really worried I was going to hurt him beyond what I could. Um, I mean, what John, what would you have for that? Well, one of the things that I'm – that I think about when I uh, hear a, an, a testimony like this or, an, or a story like this is it reminds me again how much we need each other to to hold our weary hands up when you know when one of us is going through something that is draining us and I I would say we it would be good if we would learn more how much we need each other so that we don't try to go through things on our own. And when we're going through some of these things and we, we talk to somebody that has walked that road and and can say, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Not, not in a way that means nothing bad is going to happen to you, but in a way that it's going to be okay. Ultimately you will make it through this. You will be stronger. Um, it might not look exactly the way you wanted it to, but God is in it and he is for you and not against you. And, and that's one of the things that I'm sure you knew at the time, but sometimes it just helps to have somebody come alongside of us and put their arm around us or talk to us and say, Hey, we're here with you. Um, and, and I would encourage as much as we are able to find people around us and, and, um, learn to open up to each other and help carry each other's burdens. It kind of comes back to this whole thing of communication, Um, not necessarily specifically, Lyle, with what you were going through, but just relationships and stress in general, that whenever there's stress on relationships, one of the first things that breaks down is actual communication. You know, so one of the things that I would throw out in the middle of here is uh, what does it take to actually communicate with other people when a relationship's under stress? Because John's saying, you know, having some other people around you is really, really important. There's nowhere in Scripture does it indicate that Christianity is so is supposed to be a solo sport. It's intended to be done and to be lived in community. But that community requires communication. So what? how does this communication work when a person's under stress? See, I think one advantage I had over some people was I, I kind of knew through the whole thing it was going to end sometime because I had my business for sale and it was going to go. And to me, in my eyes, it looked like things were going to look different on the other side. What would your encouragement be to someone who probably don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? They don't feel like there's anyone there to reach out to or talk to. They don't, they're not in a community of people that probably understands them or maybe looks down on them. What would your encouragement be to someone that may be in a stressful situation walking through that? Well, I think, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty tough question to answer um, from my, from where I'm sitting. But I think one of the things that I find myself saying over and over again to people is to, that it, it is actually a good thing to sit down and think about what is going on and be very real about where you are, but then bring in some truth. 
from the scriptures, it's truth about God, truth about his um, uh, love for us, and, and a lot of scriptural truth that bring a balance to what we're feeling. And, and it's not always going to change our circumstances, but it sometimes just a little shift of perspective just helps bring some hope into a situation. And um, sometimes it seems like we we know these things, but w- so why do we find ourselves in this valley or whatever? But I think it's good sometimes to just remind ourselves of them, uh, whether it's reading the scriptures or just having a list of truth that balances out the the well, to be blunt, the lies that we're facing. There's there's actually a a connection between what you're saying there. And the whole idea of um, depression. And it's interesting that I I read this somewhere, and I I haven't been able to find it after I read it the first time, so I can't um, reference it. But in the early church, when when somebody felt stressed or felt like they were going to not be able to handle what was going on, that some of the most common advice by church leaders— was they would give them three things to do. The first one was they were supposed to go find somebody who was less fortunate than themselves. The second one was they're supposed to help them. And the third one was they're supposed to give that person instruction on being thankful. And somewhere in the process, their own problems kind of disappeared. And it fascinated me because the, the great clarifiers in life are loss and need. If somebody loses something precious to them or if they are in need of something important to them, those are the people that are the most thankful. I mean, you wouldn't believe the thankfulness that comes out of people in a refugee camp over a little bit of nothing that's given to them. And then you go out here to the average church where everybody has too much of everything and try to give them something that will make them thankful. You know what I'm saying? Because because they don't have a loss and they don't have need. And so loss and need really clarify things and make us thankful. And I'm, I'm going to suggest that one of the biggest things that would actually be a biblical antidote to the stress that we're talking about is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's almost, it's almost a lost art. Colossians 3 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. (laughs) That's like not a suggestion, you know. Mm -hmm. Paul was telling the people um, that I want want people to, first of all, um, that there would be giving of thanks. Uh, abounding therein with thanksgiving in Colossians 2, he says, that there's supposed to be this abounding thing in thanksgiving. It's supposed to be pouring out of us all the time. And I think that if if we sit down and write out all the things we have to be thankful for at the beginning of the day and start out with that mentality, it would probably change a lot of things. Because uh, researchers tell us that we spend two and a half hours a day in our BMW, as Cy Wakeman says, 
in our BMW where we are bickering, moaning, and whining. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's two and a half hours a day too long. And if we're in a stressful situation, like if, if you're all of a sudden cooped up in the house with all the children, nobody's allowed to go anywhere, and you've got, there's five of you in the house, and each one of you takes turns for two and a half hours, bickering, moaning, and whining, <laughs> that's going to be a miserable day. <laughs> And somewhere we're going to have to get out of that if we're going to be able to function. And in our family, we have seven, so that's pretty much all your waking time. <laughs> so getting people out of that sometimes can be as simple as asking them a question about what's true right now. You know, somebody comes in and is is uh, stressed out. Let's just say there's a marriage where the the husband and wife are kind of pulling each other's hair about something, you know, really, really upset. Um, for one of them or the other to say, let's take a little bit here and write down what's true. I want you to write down everything that you know that's true about me. And I'm write down what I know is true about you. Because you know that it's true. You know, and, and even like what you were talking about there with your business, you know that it's true that God is good. You know that it's true that God cares about you. You know that it's true that your family loves you. And if you sit there and write down all those things that are true, it will pull you out of the emotional side of your brain, the egotistical, emotional, feeling side of your brain, over to the side that is logical, and you can start making logical decisions. As long as, as, long as you are in the feels side of your brain, you're not really going to make good logical decisions. Basically, your brain can either feel or think. <laughs> you can pick one. And it's very difficult for people to do both at the same time. And so if, if we're stressed, we fall into the side that just feels. And we lose the ability to think clearly. That's one of the reasons why, why people that are overstressed end up in a position where you can't put them in positions that require high levels of logic because if they get stressed outside of that, they're going to start making decisions that are not logical. You know, and, and even in, in the military or places like that, they will stress people off the chart, the things they do to some of these people are is just downright wicked. Trying to stress them to a point to find out if they can be pushed into a feeling thing or if they will remain in the logic side. Because they don't want to be putting them in charge of a, you know, great big multi-multi-million dollar thing that can kill and destroy massive amounts of things if they're going to flip over and hammer something in emotion instead of being logical. And I think it's, it's kind of true in the stress of any kind that we, we sometimes, um, the Bible talks about two walking together and one of them falls down, the other one lifts them up. So mm -hmm. we're going to fall down. We're going to get off in that thing once in a while. All of us are. And then we have our wife or our husband or a brother or somebody to pick us up and say, tell me what's true. Mm -hmm. So getting real personal here, um, kind of in, in this whole subject, we're talking about relationships and stress. 
I guess one thing for Carla and I that we walked through, which we were very thankful for a lot of the teaching we had and things we've been through in life already, um, because in the in the most hardest or the most stressful part, I think, of the thing we walked through, um, when I would leave and go drive bus, I could put all that stress behind me because um, I was out, I was having fun, I was, you know, driving senior citizens, seeing the world, taking them on tours, and then... When I'd come back home, I would be faced with the stress of the of the business I had there. And it began to appear to Carla that actually she was the one that was causing me stress because when I was at home, I was faced with it. When I was gone, I was happy. And it actually started working against us a little bit until we recognized it and, and sat down and talked. Look, no, the family isn't what's stressing me out. It's the business that I'm reminded of when I'm here. When I'm gone... Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about it. Well, and that's actually a very common thing that you'll find with with children, for example, um, in homes where mom and dad don't get along and where there's a divorce and a split up. That that you maybe the child's four or five years old, so thirty years later they end up here in my office, and I can usually tell without asking whether or not there is an underlying belief that that home disintegrated and it was my fault. There's somehow or another, there's something in children that makes them believe it's their fault. And so when when dad comes home and he's stressed, they pull that on themselves. It's my fault that daddy's stressed. It's my fault that daddy's angry. It's my fault, you know, and it goes on that it's my fault that daddy drinks there's there's a lot of things that they pull onto themselves and say it's my fault. And then when they do that, they really begin to distance themselves. And pretty soon you have a, a situation where people are, are a long ways apart and neither one of them really even know why. And I think that one of the things that's really important, especially in stressful situations, is that in communication with your children, with your wife, with your husband, that in communication, you are constantly communicating value to them. You have value. Um, and it's, it's not wrong to tell the children, there are things going on in my life that stress me, but you make me happy. You are one of the things in my life that makes me happy. You're one of the things in my life that makes my day good. Tell a little five-year-old girl, you know what? When daddy thinks about you when he's driving bus, his heart sings. And her whole day is going to be golden because that's what she wants. you have any input on that, John? Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it's input on that or other thoughts, but kind of thinking about the whole thing of uh, stressful situations and uh, you know, a handful or more relationships all under the same roof right now and uh, trying to figure out how that looks with everything that's going on. And it's it's probably not a good time in the middle of, like kind of like Steve was saying, recognizing how when we're in the uh, feeling part of the brain that the decision-making is not the greatest and so it's probably good to recognize that and not try to force um, the others in with us into 
an, kind of an absolute, but recognize that we're all stressed right now. And it's good to figure out ways to bring that stress level down and then have res- rational communication for when it happens again, because it will, um, especially if you have younger children in the home. But to, pr- to kind of prepare for it, have a, a plan of action in place for when the s- stress goes up and then reason with people when they're actually at a place where they can where they can reason. And, and when it's a good time when everybody's kind of getting along to maybe help the children and yourself <laughs> come up with what are some true things that I want to be able to go to when when the stress levels up and when things are getting messy. Because uh, I think it's it's good to do that. It's good to consider that we will face some of those things and to just have kind of have some truth readily available uh, to help balance things out. One of the one of the refrains. I can't take credit for it, but I would use it a lot and uh, appreciate it a lot. Is this simple thing that says, "This shall be good for us." Um, that regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of what's happening with your business, regardless of what's happening with what anything, that you have a biblical right to say, this shall be good for us. And even to say it out loud, have you and the children and everybody say it together. God, we don't understand this situation, but it will be good for us. Because the Bible's clear about that. All things will work together for those who love God, for good to those who love God. And this shall be good for us. And I think that that there's ways to begin to speak positively into the negative feelings that has a way of changing and shifting everything. I think for me, then, once I finally came out of it, then the question was left, well, what's going to keep it from coming back? And so one day I was driving down the road, I was just crying out to God, Saying, hey, you need to speak into this because I don't know. And he'd, he'd answered and he did begin to speak into it. And then he also began to speak into how I can speak into the kid's life, that it will bring healing to them as well. And so um, it's been, yeah, a journey. I, I think one of the most important things to take away from some of these times um, is how important it is to connect with the living God um, on a, on a daily basis and, and just seek him and uh, pursue his truth um, and pursue our relationships with spouses and children. And because that, that is ultimately the most important thing in life. And it is true that there's a lot of other important things going on around us, but to recognize that relationships is one of the things one of the most important things I think is is just really good to to remember and to consider and to be really intentional with relationships um, for such a time as this. <laughs> yeah, I, I commend you for that, um, Lyle, that you looked at the situation and recognized the business will come, the business will go, but the boys will be there. And those relationships matter, and they matter more than the business ever did or ever will. Mm-hmm. And, and keeping those priorities straight and in the communication and in the 
in the um, relationships is very important. I just want to close this with a prayer uh, for those who are in relationships of stress today and don't know an answer. Father God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the beginning and the ending. You are the way and the truth and the life, Lord Jesus. And you know all. You are the one who said, this shall be good for us. We find ourselves in situations down here on this earth. We don't know the beginning of them. We don't know the end of them. We have no idea what's going to happen. But you do. And so we bring ourselves to you today, and we commit to you our ways. We commit to you our heart. We commit to you our communication. We commit to you our woundedness. We bring it all and lay it before you and ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would accomplish your will in us and that you would, according to your will, make this to be good for us. Bring healing in our hearts in places that have been wounded and establish faith in us according to your eternal purpose in Christ Jesus that you purposed in him before the world began that we would know you and you would walk in us and be our God and we would be your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us for our first podcast of As We Live. I hope you've been blessed and we'll see you again.